you're back with the Film Yap crew for another edition of our podcast, Vodcast, Yap versus Yap, whatever you want to call it. And of course, we're going to be talking today about the Oscars, our reaction to it. Uh, join, joining me today are uh, Alec Toombs and Bob Bloom. Thanks, guys, for being here. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Well, Bob, uh, why don't I start with you? Give me your impressions of not, not just how the awards went, but the telecast, the whole experience. Well, it seemed very relaxed, you know, drama-free, and everyone seemed to have a good time. In fact, it seemed maybe too good of a time. Like there was a lot of, hey, we got to show that last year was some sort of outlier and that we're all nice people here and, you know, we keep our hands to ourselves. <laughs> yes. Uh, host Jimmy Kimmel was very, he got some good riffs in, in on that point. Uh, uh, Alec, what was your take? I'm a fan of Kimmel's. I have been since his man show days back in the late 90s. Uh, I thought he gave a good monologue. I enjoyed all the jokes uh, involving uh, Seth Rogen and Steven Spielberg and drug use. I thought those were really funny. Uh, his gag about Judd Hirsch wearing a Mission Impossible mask and actually being Tom Cruise, I thought was really funny. Um, it Probably the lowest blow he took was in the In Memoriam segment uh, with... Uh, He's a gentleman who just passed away. Uh, Robert, Robert Blake. Robert Blake, yeah. Robert Blake, thank you. Uh, pretty tasteless, but I also thought that joke was pretty funny. So yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Kimmel did a pretty good job. I think that I thought this was probably I think it was his third turn as the host, and it was probably I think his best one. He was funny. He was not too political. He kept things moving. Although he did have one moment where uh, uh, I, I tweeted it last night. Where like you know the, the things were. Where if you have two winners, like two co-winners, I think it was for editing. One person speaks, and then the other one starts to speak, and they just stop them. And the guy said something like, "Like you know, we've got to talk about our families." And then the music swells, and then Kimmel makes some kind of a joke and proceeds to do one of these like you know work in the crowd time waster things. It's not funny, you know. Goes to Malala and tries to get her on the joke, and of course, being who she is, I just don't think she's genetically capable of you know doing shtick um and i was just like well apparently we're not going to talk about our families and just yeah other than that that was the one moment i was just like we could have lost that little segment and let people talk longer i thought he his did little malala land riff i thought was funny too though i did but i don't know <laughs> I, I i think she is very much positioned herself as someone who's very serious sure and spiritual and you know, not humorous. Uh, to, she honestly, probably doesn't see a lot of movies. She probably does not see a lot of movies. Um, what about? I, I don't know. I I put in my tweets like the fashion, all that kind of stuff. I am, you know, I, I'm not into. That. I know people like. I know lots of people who like literally they they watch like the three hours of the red carpet stuff before and then don't actually watch the ceremony, which to me is nuts. Well, my only comments on that kind of stuff was. Uh, uh, there was some, some woman in like a huge, like white lotus flower dress that, like you know, came up way over her head, and she was seen like sitting in like the seventh row. No idea who she was, but no, quite blocking. I think her name is Tim's. I, don't I think know. she had something to do with the uh, the nominated song from Black Panther. Okay, good, good for her, but like, who wears that dress to the Oscars? So nobody for like several rows behind her could see anything. I would have been very upset. Yeah, we were. I was at Nick's last night, 
and there was a small crowd. It was only like seven or eight of us, and it was like four or five women and me, uh, Nick and Tim Brooke, and uh, we were getting a little catty at some of the, uh, and I was among them, some of the women's fashions. I don't like, you know, all the ruffles and big puffy sleeves and stuff. I hated that. I was just dissing every single one. There's a few and, you know, we were just having a grand old time with the fashions. Yeah. I think it was kind of, no, sorry, go ahead, Chris. Molly, uh, other two that stood out for me than the white flower lotus lady was uh, Florence Pugh. I don't know, like she came out and she looked like she was wearing like 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 exercise tights underneath her dress, which was then fallen open, and then the dress itself just looked like like a ratty old towel that she like got at the picked up at the gym and wrapped around her. I was like, I don't know. Plus, with like the with strange hair and nose ring, I was just like that. Not not working it. Uh, the big fashion one for me though was the one that I cracked up on was uh, Lady Gaga. <laughs> there was a whole thing about would she would she not be able to attend and sing her song? Um, and she ended up doing it. And she did the red carpet and she's all you know Lady Gaga out the champagne she, carpet. Excuse me, the champagne carpet. And then she comes up for her song and she's like deliberately in this grunge mode where she like has taken all of her makeup off. And you know, had her hair has like badly chapped lips, and the and they did weird camera work where it's like they're like yeah. extreme close up on her the whole time. Is she said, make sure to show my chapped lips, and I don't know that that just struck me as so set up and false. She did a great job on the song because of course she's a fantastic singer, but. I, don't, I was just like, if she'd actually like showed up on the champagne carpet looking like that and then going on to, but my point is, she spent hours getting all dolled up just to then take it off for this, you know, true authentic moment. I, that, yeah, that I think, I don't remember if it was uh, Nick's wife, Abby, or one of the other women said, and now she's going to have to get, have somebody put all that makeup and that dress back on so she can go to the, one of the after parties. You're right. I mean, I, I would love to see if there were pictures of her for after parties. I bet she didn't look like that at the after party. Alec, no. you, you had something to say. I did think it was cool that Jamie Lee Curtis's dress matched the champagne carpet. Yeah. I don't know if you caught that. I also thought, if we're talking women's fashion, I thought Janelle Monet looked incredible. And where her career's gone kind of has me tickled pink. I caught her in a stage dive at a show at South by Southwest back in 2009. So to see her killing it now is pretty rad. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, last comment on fashion stuff is I noticed because uh, they kept cutting back to her is that Jamie Lee Curtis had kicked her shoes off at some point in the thing. So she was barefoot, which I just thought that was a very Jamie Lee Curtis thing to do uh, right. to just not, you know, not care. All right. Well, let's um, let's turn to the actual awards. How did everyone think? I mean, uh, my predictions, I got all the, the big stuff, the actors, director, screenplays, all that stuff. Right. I kind of got uh, hurt by, uh, really, by a movie I really liked, All Quiet on the Western Front, winning a lot of, quote-unquote, technical awards that I didn't think it would. Um, but overall, I mean, I mean, I won't say I'm happy with how it went, just because, you know, as you guys know, I'm not a huge, huge fan of um, everything ever all at once. I don't hate it. I just don't see the appeal that everyone else does. But everything went pretty much according to your plan. As Bob said, other than, like, you know, some of those, like, sound cinematography score not going the way we thought it was a pretty predictable night yeah that was was 
Oh, excuse Sorry, me. go ahead, Bob. The only thing that I thought Angela Bassett would win because, you know, uh, she's Angela Bassett. She never won. So I was, but I was happy, even though I picked Angela Bassett, I was happy Jamie Lee Curtis uh, won. I've always had a soft spot in my heart for her ever since I saw Halloween. So the original Halloween. Yes. So I think JLC, I'm happy she won. Although if we're talking performances in that category, I think Hong Chow was far and away the best of them. I love Angela Bassett too, but she didn't really have a whole lot to do in Black Panther Wakanda forever. No, she yeah. didn't. But, you know, I don't think the most of the awards are based on performances. It's sure how long you've been in the industry, how many friends you have. And, you know, I, I got to admit, I went into this, I really wasn't, wholeheartedly into it because I'm still pissed off that, uh, you know, Daniel Detweiler and Viola Davis never got, you know, didn't get nominated. Uh, well, I forgot her name. The woman who directed uh, uh, Woman King? Woman King. Gina Prince-Blythewood? Yeah, that she didn't get nominated. Sarah Pauly didn't get nominated for director. You know, there was a lot of things in there that just I went into it and think, oh my God, this is like Golden Globes light. Yeah. Yeah, she got Polly got her dig in her acceptance speech regarding Yeah. She did. Yeah, I, I agree that there was a lot of things about the evening was in some cases was more about who didn't get nominated rather than uh who won. Although I don't think, you know, if we I mean I absolutely loved Danielle Deadwell. I thought she gave the performance of the year I was really heartbroken that she get, did not get nominated. But, you know, honestly, e even if she had, she probably would, it would still would have come down between Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett as it did. So, right. um, Brendan Fraser, I was really happy. There was just a lot of talk. People, a lot of people really thought Austin Butler was going to win. And I just like, I don't see it. That was it. one I, of them. I didn't see it happening. The only thing was there was backlash against the movie for, you know, uh, the fat suit and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, uh, I thought he carried the day. Uh, Kehu Kwan, I'm happy for him as a person, for his journey, you know, like basically being out of the movies for 20 years and this amazing comeback. You know, uh, as written and performed, I find found him just absolutely cloying and annoying. I couldn't stand him in that movie. Could not stand him. Strong so, disagree for me, but I like that movie a whole yeah, lot better. Than I know, you I, know I, I am definitely in the minority. Everyone is just enraptured with him in it. So, uh, he's I won't, the heart of that movie. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't. I thought Stephanie Shu was actually really good. I almost would would rather have seen her win um, over some of those. I agree. I wasn't really enamored with the best supporting actress field. I thought you know Sadie Sink should have been in. I thought that gal from uh, Woman King who played the daughter should have been in. Um, but she was uh, better than Viola Davis in that movie, in my opinion. Agree, agree. Uh, and even the other actress whose name I can't remember played who played like kind of the right hand woman. I would have liked to have seen her nominated. Of the of the five that did, I thought Hong Chow was the the best one. Um, but yeah, what did you guys think about um, All Quiet on the Western Front doing unexpectedly well? I think it ended up winning four awards. Alec, we'll go to you first. 
that movie worked a lot better for you than it sounds like it did for me. I it, I thought it was a great technical achievement. It didn't really move me though. The movie is very cold and and disturbing, honestly, which I guess is the point. Um, I was surprised at one best score, even though the score is quite good. I was also surprised at one production design. I thought that might have been an area where uh, Babylon, even yeah. though it was a huge flop and kind of mixed reviews, uh, the look of that movie was just outstanding. I thought. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll agree. I'm not definitely not a fan of Babylon. Just a really an an ugly movie in a lot of you know in a human way in a tonal way. Absolutely amazing costumes and and sets in that film. Absolutely amazing. So I would have actually picked Babylon to win that one. I was surprised. Bob, what about you and All Quiet on the Western Front? I I was just really as it seemed like the evening was going on. And it was like it actually had at least a couple of categories where it was competing. Yeah. And competing with everything everywhere and i was like there's no way it's gonna win and it did well picture i could see the score didn't impress me i mean there was a lot of other scores i liked you know better than that it was sort of uh, nick was complaining last night that you know it was a three note score that just kept going on and on and on throughout the movie he wasn't really impressed with it and he just sort of threw up his hands when the score, you know, was named as uh, the winner. So, and, you know, production design, what do they do? Build trenches. It's World War One, And plus, it's, it. I have this thing about World War One movies being in color. Oh. World War Two movies I could see. World War One movies do better in black and white. Plus, I have this affinity for the original 1930 version of All Quiet on the Western yeah. Front, that you know, it was yeah. wasn't that great. Yeah, a lot of people may or may not know um, the original All Quiet on the Western Front was, I believe, the second film to win Best Picture Oscar. Third, um, third one, excuse me, third one. Uh, so uh, has a bit of history there. I I liked it. Um, I probably would not have given it score or production design. I like the score because it, it's, it's it's a very atypical typical musical score for a film. It's very atonal. It's one of those things where um, uh, the music is kind of present as opposed to just being in the background. Um, because, you know, really, I mean, the sound in that movie, the music and the sound is really what carries you because it's just so much long sequences with no dialogue. Um but I, I agree about the score. I would I would have I would have given the prize to uh, to somebody else. Um, it would have been interesting if All Quiet on the Western Front had won all these other awards and been nominated for Best Picture, Best Screenplay, and then not gotten international features. So that one was probably uh, the easiest one to call. I was disappointed that the Indiana documentary short Stranger at the Gate did not win. It was it was really thought to be uh, in the running. So that was a tough one. This was like one of the first years in probably like 20 years that I did not catch all of the short films. So I had a tough time doing predictions on that. Um, Bob, throw it to you. Any other particular wins or losses surprise you that you can think of? Not really. I mean, it went sort of scripted. Navalny won for documentary, which was, of course, expected, you know, because... You know, you got to like they're going to think Putin's going to look at the Oscars and go, oh, I got to release this guy from jail because the movie about him won an Oscar. You know, Putin doesn't give a rat's butt about 
the Oscars or Navalny. So, you know, it was just some sort of lame. It was, a you know, I saw four of the five documentaries. That was the best one. The one that really captured my heart was Fire of Love. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that was, I knew Navalny was going to win because it's sort of, made, you know, Oscar bait type documentary. Yeah. I did think director uh, Daniel Rohrer's speech and the speech of uh, Yulia Navalny were some of the spe- better speeches of the night, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, they were. I hate to say it. I don't think um, Brendan Fraser gave a particularly good speech. He was obviously very nervous and excited and anxious and like almost couldn't even seem to catch his breath. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think it was an authentic moment. That was really what he was experiencing. So, you know, I'm not going to knock him for it Uh, compared to, you know, Michelle Yao was very composed and classy and, you know, old school Hollywood with her speech. So just kind of the the contrast between these two. What did you guys think about uh, animated feature Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio? Seemed like a pretty obvious front runner most of the year. Marcel Desel with shoes on would have been my pick. Um, either of you guys had a strong feeling about that one as a winner? I liked it, but, you know, I also liked, uh, you know, Marcel with the shell. So either one. But, you know, the whole thing with, uh, you know, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio was – you know, the whole fascist uh, subset, you know, having Mussolini in the movie, you know, sort of updating the story, making it an anti-Disney Pinocchio, so to speak. So I, you know, I was happy with that. And I would have been just as happy if Marcel had won. Yeah. Alex? I'd only seen one of the four, or pardon me, five nominated movies in the category. I got some catch up to do. I was rooting for Marcel, the one I saw. It was one of my favorite movies of last year. I know you were a huge fan of Sea Beast, Chris. And yeah. uh it would not have been my pick, but um I, I was just really happy to see Sea Beast nominated because you know it was Netflix only, did not get a lot of publicity. Um, and I thought it was really, really good. And I was just glad glad it got in there. Um oh I want did want to mention one last thing about the Andrea Riceborough controversy, just to refresh for people not aware. So, you know, she was in this movie too, Leslie tiny 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 film uh you can look it up it made twenty seven thousand dollars total in theatrical revenues which is to say basically nobody saw it um did not get a a, a streaming release you know, it was not a netflix or amazon prime thing it's out there you can rent it on those uh, on amazon prime or wherever but it, it's not on any platform so it really didn't movie without a home with this you know this actress is not terribly well known but i think respected and they had uh, a number of actresses, Kate Blanchett among them, who are really championing her performance that were like hosting uh, screenings within the industry saying, hey, make sure you watch this uh, and, and and think about giving her a nomination. And she did. And a lot of people pointed to that as sort of like, you know, th- that she she got the nomination that uh, Daniel Deadweiler. Actually, really, the one that most people talk about was Viola Davis. They said Viola Davis yeah. should have gotten it. Of course, Daniel Dudwell is not as much of a name. Viola Davis has already won Oscar. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I finally, it was literally like the last feature I caught before the ceremony. Um, I thought it was the last feature that I had not seen, but I think I ended up, there was one a film nominated for original song. Oh, Tell It Like a Woman. I have not seen Tell It Like a Woman. Uh, and indeed, I will admit, prior to last night, I had not even heard of Tell It Like a Woman. So there was one one feature I did not see, but I noticed that Andrew Riceboro dressed very down 
for the ceremony. She was wearing like a very simple dress with like a motorcycle jacket kind of over her shoulder. And it seemed like she was going out of her way not to draw attention to herself. I mean, with the haircut, she looked like she was cosplaying as Mia Farrow in Rosemary's Baby or something. It was... Yeah, I don't know. Here's my take. Having finally seen the movie. I thought she was good in it. I didn't think it was an ex extraordinary film. It's a pretty standard alcoholism drama movie that I've seen a lot of times before. A lot of the Texas accents that people were doing were really egregiously bad. Um, so, I mean, it was a good movie. I thought she was good in it. But, you know, if I was going to rack up all of the actresses that I think should have been nominated, um, she probably would have been like 10th or 11th. Sorry, Andrea. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, the whole thing with her being not, and then they just, I think, showed her once during the whole entire evening. Oh, here she is. Bye. That's it. You know, she was like a non-factor. Just She was like one of those seat fillers. Yeah. It, it, in a weird way, the way this thing has played out, I think this, this almost actually hurt her career more than it's held. Maybe in the long run, just because now, now everyone knows her name. A lot of people who did not know her name, but like based on this, if you're like a casting director or producer or director in Hollywood, are you more or less likely likely to cast her in one of your movies? I would argue probably less. She's yeah. been good in a lot of cool movies though. Like she was in Mandy, she was in uh, Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. Possessor. Uh, I thought she was the best part of that Tom Cruise movie, Oblivion. She was really good and interesting in that too. I thought so. Yeah. Well, maybe just me and my own things. All right, any other thoughts, complaints, surprises, anything about the Oscars you want to get off your chest here, let people well, know I'm, about? I'm very happy. I won the uh, I won the pot last night because I got I I beat uh, I got the tiebreaker. I picked the exact time the show would end and I picked how many uh, awards everything everywhere all at once would have. So I got the two tiebreakers and I won the pot. There was all only right. seven people there, so I only got 35 bucks including my own money back so it wasn't a big crowd of should do better next year if there's a bigger crowd yeah congratulations good on you bob yeah. alec how about you uh i was really happy not to not to one uh, i'm a big fan of rrr i know that's another flick you and i differ on um i'm still shocked claudio miranda didn't get nominated for cinematography for top gun maverick that seems wild to me um but overall, I was happy with the show. Everything Everywhere All at Once was my favorite movie of 2022, and it did well. Yeah, I'll close out just mentioning RRR. Yeah, I've tried not to be too out there about it because I'm a big, you know, I, I believe big believer in, you know, try not to yuck other people's yums. I did not care for the movie. There's some things about it I like. Natu, Natu, that whole scene, that whole sequence is amazing. And I, it, you know... If you could have like a 20 minute short film with that as the centerpiece, I think I would have liked it a lot. But yeah, that, it did not need to be three hours long. It did not have need to have half the runtime be in slow motion. But that'll be my take. Another one like uh, Kei Hu Kwan, where I realized that, you know, I'm sitting over here and everyone else in the crowd is over here. And that's okay. Um, but that's what being, you know, the Oscars are all about. It's very rare that my the, my actual favorite film wins the oscar for best picture um and just like you know uh um it's not what life is all about you know you're there to cheer cheer them on um but also to you know understand that people are not going to see things the way you see them 
but we're all joined together by our love love of movies and that's what's really important and making fun of uh, fashion yes indeed all right well thanks everyone for joining us uh tune in for our next podcast which will be whenever we come up with a topic that we feel like doing and thanks for joining us yep thank, thank you, you.